I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pod. Pod. Hello, efforts. I'm your host, Internet Keith. It really threw me off. (laughs) I cheated off the starting. Like, I took off running before the guy fired the pistol. Is this season two? This This is is officially season two. And that's how you wanted to start season two off. Roll it again. I think it's the... Okay. (laughs) Pod. Pod. God (laughs) Whatever. Let's run it again. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> you want me to do it again? No, please no, don't. Uh, I am your host, Internet Keith, and welcome to the NFL edition of Football and Other F Words. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about whatever the hell we want. As is tradition, I'm joined by Hooligans, Mr. Lebowski. How are you? I'm good. Since our seventh month, seven month hiatus from recording, or three weeks, or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, also, Zebo. How are you, Zebo? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, this is this is weird. I don't remember, you know, I what I'm supposed to do. To do. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. yeah. What What I are we talking gotta, about? Do we talk uh, about cooking? We're We're here to do something. It involves a ball. It involves pass interference penalties. Oh if you call it no! No. <laughs> we're just gonna dive right into it, aren't we? Uh, well, first let's uh, take a break and hear from our sponsors real quick. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll have Mike Miracles hopefully joining us at some point. We waited for an hour for him to be here. <laughs> We've been sitting in a garage for an hour. Yeah. Uh, but just, somebody, just somebody's garage. Yeah, he chose the time, by the way. So I think everybody should, you know... Little you know, do our listeners know. Yeah. Little, little do our listeners know. We just pick a random garage each week, <laughs> storm in there with our equipment, and try to record before the homeowners come. We, we just scream "Imminent Domain" whenever they yeah. show up, <laughs> and I uh, hope that they don't understand what that means. F words podcast here to take your garage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about. Um, we've got the Patriots in the Super Bowl again, which everyone's excited about. Yeah, mm. and uh, we had the the New Orleans snafu disaster i mean i tweeted this out and and i really i really do feel this way and i'm i'm a huge hypocrite i'll get to that in a second but if the big story coming out of one of the best football weekends i've seen all season arguably two of the best back-to-back championship games we've had in a while i mean the matchups are intriguing and they lived up to the hype the two biggest stories that come out are a, pa- a no-call pass interference, the most blatant pass, inter- like textbook definition, you could even possibly throw a flag for head-to-head contact. Mm-hmm. There's like four different fouls uh, that you could have <laughs> I mean, it I mean, It's not even a joke. There's so like four egregious. or five different fouls. So egregious. that it Literally, one of the few times I can say that this legitimately cost a team to go to the Super Bowl, and the Saints should be in the Super Bowl right now. Yep. And then the other big story which is a little mu- more muddled because of the, the, the what we just discussed, is that, again, the open-faced shit sandwich that is the NFL overtime rules, we don't even get to see the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes take the field in overtime. It's better to be lucky than good is the message I get. And I, I mean, do, and it's it, all uh, hinges on that coin toss. Yeah. And based on the reaction to the Midday 180 today trying to just talk plainly about changing or modifying overtime rules 
that there's a lot of fans around here in the local listening market that either don't understand what the overtime rules are or blatantly just want to defend them for whatever reason. Well, the defense, you know, should have stepped up. Okay, but that's decided by a coin toss. So my yeah. whole point is, is that leading out of this weekend, two of the biggest subjects besides the Super Bowl matchup itself are over overwhelmingly being drowned out by a terrible no call and how crappy the overtime rules are. How is the NFL okay with this? That's the kind of shit that builds up apathy in, in the fans to where at some point they kind of stop watching. And I know that's in uh, just unfathomable to think about right now with the, with the NFL being the just powerhouse that it is. But I mean, look at baseball. Once people started realizing that the game was like tainted and people were just juicing up and going ham, I mean, it really hasn't kind of recovered from that. I'm talking out of my ass a little bit because I'm not much of a baseball fan. I don't know what attendance is like these days, but I, and I, I know I'm comparing apples to apples, but it just that's the kind of thing that really frustrates me coming out of this. But I'll end it with this. I'm a huge hypocrite because I was talking to Keith about it on Sunday. Did you see that egregious call? God, that was absolutely unbelievable. I can't believe the wrong team is going to the Super Bowl. What time does the Patriots game start? <laughs> it's like, I couldn't wait to get that shit out of my mouth. I'm like, hey, is it on CBS? Where's the remote? I mean, did I like stop myself from watching? Limbaugh? Yeah, did I stop myself from watching the second game because, because of a terrible no call? No, I immediately had to jam the needle right back into my arm and get the fix. So, well, you you kind of hope that the next game is not tainted because you want the bad taste out of your mouth. And of course, you know I don't know. Obviously, Lebowski hates the overtime rule, and I'm a big I'm a big hater of it too. I I think that you you could either need to play a full quarter, especially when you're in the playoffs. I mean, it's a big game, or the other team needs to have a chance to score. And the people, like you said, that say. Um, well, the defense, you know, should have stopped him. Did you watch the game? Right. Because here's the thing. Tom Brady on that, first off, they ran 94, I can't remember if it's 94 or 97 plays of offense. They actually ran more run plays than the Chiefs ran the whole fucking game. I mean, that's unparalleled and unheard of. But on that overtime drive, that opening overtime drive, Tom Brady was the best Tom, version of Tom Brady you'll ever see. The Bears, who had the best defense, the Ravens, who had great defense, nobody was stopping Tom Brady on that drive, and that's really unfair to the Chiefs' offense. I mean, it is a – I mean, there's three facets to the game. There's special teams, defense, and offense. You're basically saying that only one team's offense matters. Right. So you you got to fix the overtime rule, and I I – to the listeners on midday who are calling in defendant, they're probably just fucking morons because a lot of the people in this fan base, or at least in this area, tend to be morons that call into that show for whatever reason. I mean, they just Quite are. A few. Yeah, I mean, and again, it could be the the UT Vol fan base cross section that, but how that we have. But I mean, you should want a good game, and the better the better version of that game is letting Patrick Mahomes, who is on fire. To try and win that game, or at least tie it. And that's my problem with, let's look at this objectively. If you're a Patriots fan and you're making the argument of the defense should have made a stop, well, I don't want to hear it. But if you're just a quote-unquote football fan and you want to make the argument of the defense just should have made a stop, okay, but how did the, why was the defense on the field in the first place? It was arbitrarily put, the reason why they're out there is because of a coin flip. Right. That, what kind of choice is that? It's not that someone even called in and I, I immediately shit on the opinion, but then I started thinking about it. I thought, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't want to go this route, but someone called in today and said, what if overtime was decided, what if possession of the ball was decided by some sort of stat line? Pick a stat line. Immediately, I was like, I don't know. But then I got to thinking about that. That's less stupid than flipping a coin. Yeah. Like what defense takes the field by, I don't know, penalties or time of position, something, right? Like, I don't, again, I don't want to go down that road, but I like that better than a damn coin flip. It just, it's infuriating to me. I really, really despise the NFL overtime rules. I was more upset with the overtime situation that happened with the Saints and Rams. That game was won in overtime by a field goal, which is silly to me. 
Well, it was an impressive field goal, though. Uh, yeah, even if, even if it's an impressive field goal. And nobody interviewed him, to... by the way. Yeah. I mean, like, everybody wants to talk to Jared Goff and all this stuff. We're talking about a man who kicked a 57-yard field goal yeah. that at least had 15 more yards to it. And he's Greg the Leg. Yeah. Show him some and fucking nobody, respect, please. nobody fucking interviewed the guy. Yeah. And I'm thinking... It's the biggest kick of his yeah. career, for sure. That's the biggest kick in the Superdome. Yeah. I mean, that is... I mean, it was one of the best kicks you'll ever see, because it was... I mean, it had at least 15 more yards to it. Yeah. But look, I'll, I'll show my ass again with, with just the kicking in overtime. Where I think it's a little bit bullshit is that... Does he make that kick at Arrowhead? At two degrees with the wind blowing a little bit, and he's kicking like a solid rock? Probably not. So... Okay, we're talking about home field advantage and blah, 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 but a dome automatically gives a kicking or a throwing, basically a playing surface advantage to no matter who's in there. Yeah, the noise level sucks, but if you're a kicker that's affected by noise level, that's a whole other argument, but you're not affected by the elements. If, If that kick is being made outdoors, you either rethink it or it's a lot more impressive, certainly. But just to back up a little bit, like the really the problem that that bothers me with the overtime rules is that you're not. What is the point of giving one possession and then just deciding it after sixty minutes of football where two teams are slugging it out? You're watching the score go back and forth, multiple lead changes, and then it's just decided without the other team's offense even taking the field. It just feels cheap, and that's kind of my whole overlying theme is that. The NFL does this all the time. They come so damn close to having about as perfect of an entertainment pro. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like a product, product on the field, and you just are left leaving kind of a, a stale taste in your mouth. Like that's how the game was decided. I'm not sure if we've talked about this or not, but I mean, the part of the thing that's infuriating about it is that the answer is there. The answer is at the college level. They just don't want to borrow from college. They yeah. don't want to admit that college has something right that they but don't. Here's a, but here's the thing, and I'm sorry, I don't even cut you off. They don't even have to borrow from college, and this is why. Because what is it that college does? They, they start, on, start the tw- on the 25, and they score, and then they can kick the extra point, and the other team has to match, and then it just goes back and forth like that until someone fails right. to match. So it kind of turns into basically just a passing drill, which to me kind of gets a little silly. I say make them play full field. Just play another... 10 minutes of football. You can make it sudden death at some point, but let at some point both offenses have to take the field regardless of who scores what on the first drive. I think it is very, very stupid. So you're saying like hockey overtime kind of where there's just time on the clock. Right, yeah. or turn it into a situation where Team A wins the kickoff or Team A wins the coin toss, gets the ball, they score a touchdown. Team B has to answer with a touchdown. They can't just kick a field goal. Yeah. If they score a touchdown and answer, the tie continues. The next team to miss their possession on ensuing scores loses. Yeah. So if Team B drives down the field, scores a touchdown, it resets. So Team A gets the ball back. If they kick a field goal and Team B scores a touchdown, it's over. Or do you see where we're yeah, going with yeah. this? So, yes, it is technically still sudden death. And someone tried to make the argument today, well, so we're just going to watch another 60 minutes of that? Yeah, motherfucker. How many people stayed up till 9.30 watching that game last night? Yep, that's extra I, credit football. Yeah. Thank you. I went to go visit my parents last night who go to bed at like the crack of 4.30. And <laughs> th- they were both up. All of us were watching this game till 9.30. I could tell my poor stepfather sitting over there like with his eyes half shut about to fall asleep. But he couldn't, couldn't get enough of what we were watching. Don't give me this garbage about... No, we're just going to sit there and watch another 60 minutes of football. If they played that game till 3 o'clock in the morning, I would have been up like a crackhead to Here, watch it. Here's the thing, though. You would have to make that, like, playoff-only rules. Yes, the, I agree. The, the, the team or the players would never agree to do that in the, in the regular season. I, 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 completely, I agree completely agree that I think if it's a playoff, if it's over, if you're in the playoffs, it's okay to have a different overtime system than what you have in the regular yeah. season. Yeah, no, I, think, I agree with you, Keith. I actually, I haven't even thought about that. That's actually solid. You keep the overtime rules whatever the way you want during the regular season. But when it comes down to teams advancing to a championship, don't give me this namby-pamby bullshit of (laughs) one team's offense gets on the field and the defense couldn't make a stop. What NFL fan out there besides those chowder-eating morons up there in New England didn't want to see Patrick Mahomes go out there and try to sling the football around a little bit? 
the and here's something else I'll say about those chowder eating uh, morons is that no one four. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, those chowder eating uh, morons. The is that if this had happened to them, if they were the ones that lost in overtime because Patrick Mahomes got that and scored right on the first possession, they would be lighting. Yes, sure. Uh, Roger Goodell, mannequins on fire in Boston. Absolutely. And they would be making such a mess, and they would be making the same arguments the rest of the people are making now. And Chiefs fans would probably be saying, well, you should have got a defensive stop. But listen to the fans of neither of these teams. They're all saying the same thing. Something has to change. It's not just because the Patriots won. If it would have happened to the Patriots, I still would have said over. I would have changed. absolutely said it, and I cannot. I cannot stand the Patriots. I tweeted out at, towards the end of the game last night. I I loathe the Patriots at every fiber of my being, and none of it's rational. I just don't like them because I'm so tired of seeing them win. Come at me all you want, but but at the same time, like I would have been making the same argument. Yeah, because. If Mahomes had marched on the field and scored a touchdown, and then the Patriots don't even get to take the field, you'd be thinking we didn't get to see the greatest quarterback. Right? See what you, he didn't, could you didn't get to see pa- you didn't get to see Tom Brady answer as much as I did not want to see Tom Brady in a two minute drill last night. I was fifty percent pissed off at the Chiefs for scoring too quickly, and the other fifty percent of me was like, I know I'm about to see a really incredible drive of football, and yeah. sure enough, they absolutely delivered. So. I just I, I can't I can't get with it, and if the NFL doesn't want to make changes to their overtime rules, I'm afraid it's going to start confirming to me what I've long suspected is that the NFL does not give a flying shit because we're because of what I said earlier in the podcast. I could not wait to stop talking about the first game so I could watch the second one, and the NFL knows that, and we're all all three of us sitting here at the table are going to watch the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There's no way we're not watching that Super Bowl. Yeah. Sure. And, and I've I've seen people tweet out, oh, I have no interest in this, in our, especially people in this area who are still butthurt over the one-yard thing. They're like, oh, I can't root for the Rams, and I hate the Patriots, so what am I going to watch this for? Because it's going to be fucking awesome football. It, it's, it's arguably, this was the first time in championship, in a long time, championship weekend, that the one, two, three, and four best offenses in football, in, per, as far as scoring goes, were the top four teams heading into it. And you get, you're going to have a well-prepared Sean McVay and a well-prepared uh, Bill Belichick. What's not to love? Yeah. What's not to love it's, with everything going on It's here? a great matchup. I just don't like how we got here. No, but, I couldn't agree well, more. Let's, let's talk about I that couldn't Saints, agree more. Saints-Rams game. Yeah, so to highlight your point and to roll into it, <laughs> it drives me nuts that – we did not get to see the two best teams decide it on the field for who's playing in the Super Bowl. Are the Chiefs better than the Patriots? I actually don't know because we didn't get to see the Chiefs' offense take the field. They so. scored almost all their points in the fourth quarter. What a comeback story that would have been if they would have won and we got robbed of it. So and, now so now yeah. we've got this, you're on the fence about which team out of the AFC was actually better and truly deserved to be in the Super Bowl. Hats off to the Patriots. They're there. There's no denying the ridiculous bullshit they pull out of their ass every year. What is it? Eight straight years they've gone to the AFC Championship, nine Super Bowl. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. So uh, you go from that to (laughs) the the end of the Saints-Rams game, which we've all seen it now. The most horrendous no-call pass interference. I mean, people are tweeting out images of Hulk Hogan coming off the <laughs> yeah. top ropes and kicking him in the head, like saying this is a still image. It, it looked bad. I mean, he's leaving his feet. People are getting blasted out of bounds. The refs, Bill, what's his name? Bill Vonovic. Is that oh, the, I don't, I didn't even learn the guy's the, name. The guy, the, Vonovic has the balls to have a, not really a presser, but he's going to ask questions after the game where he said he didn't see the play. And there's footage of him standing 20 yards back, staring directly at the players. They're, they're at, at that play. There are two refs besides the head ref, because the head ref's not over there. There's two judges mm-hmm. watching that play. That is their sole job is to watch whatever's going on when that ball is thrown over there. Yeah. And two people missed it. Yeah. And and uh, a pivotal moment. Pivotal moment. If that was anybody else at their job that had a big blunder, those guys would be fired. Yeah. And they won't get fired. And the head of officiating, um, 
crap. What is his name? Oh, damn it. I was tweeting about it earlier today, and now I can't even think of his well, name. But anyway, I know who you're talking about. He needs, to, he needs to get fired, and the NFL needs to throw all the money they can at either Dean Blandino or Mike Pereira to come back and be head of officiating and just pay them whatever they want. Because Mike Pereira and Dean Blandino were the two best heads of officiating, and they would ha- have handled this easily. And this could have been prevented. See, whoever's the head of officiating now does not do a lot of training and hands-on stuff with the staff in the offseason, with these staff of referees. And these are supposed to be the two best groups of referees, and they both had, both games had really questionable calls on mm-hmm. it, especially the rough in the passer on Chris Jones where he he basically high-fived Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was ridiculous. I mean, that's the karate ridiculous. chop to the yeah. shoulder that ended up being roughing the and passer. And then to overturn the Julian Edelman, and just to speak on the Chiefs game again, and then to overturn the Julian Edelman play on the kickoff, that obviously the ball obviously changed directions. But there was not enough to overturn, in my opinion, definitively to overturn the initial call. And if there's not enough to definitively say it, you're not supposed to uh, uh, not supposed to uh, overturn it. Yeah. So I'm really not too sure. You know what the fix is, other than someone someone's head's got to roll. If if I could make an argument, and I know we're adding rules, and just adding rules seems like reactionary, but like you have to be able to challenge calls at some point. You have to be able to either have somebody in the booth that goes, "Hey, I think you guys might have got that wrong. Let's review it," and then call it afterwards. Like if it's a huge play, that should not be the way that game turned out the, God, no. how, why isn't the head of officiating immediately somewhere watching that saying hey that is pass interference we're gonna have to change that call be, yeah. or we're gonna fuck this up he's too busy just you know living it up wherever, wherever he's doing and just collecting a paycheck yeah. so i saw a couple of suggestions today the first one i saw which i initially i thought i like this idea and then i immediately had an answer for why it's not a good idea there's a slippery slope here. For sure. There is a very slippery slope, and I think the slippery slope is putting it in the hands of coaches. Someone, I believe it was on the midday today, Jonathan Hutton possibly made the suggestion that um, what if after a certain amount of time in the game, last two minutes, last three minutes, whatever it is, that the coaches have the ability to challenge once one big play. The problem I have with that, though, is this. What's the one thing that you talk about with running plays all the time? When somebody gets called for holding, what's the big bitch you hear about everybody? Everybody it happens, holds. On, it every happens play. on every play, right? So what happens now when John Smith, great running back, is in the backfield, rips off a 97-yard run? Just throw that red flag out there. Right, throw that red flag out there and say there was holding. Yeah. Uh, okay, now I know I'm using, you know, I'm, I'm giving a little bit of – Credence here, but tell me every NFL coach wouldn't do that shit. You're, you're the right. The second there's a big play, they're going to say, oh, but no, but so-and-so was lined up in the neutral zone or so-and-so was offsides or something like that. They're going to find a way. But could the workaround be just certain penalties are only allowed to do that with? Like no, you can't I, do it with holding, but you can – well, that's yeah, – I think that's the workaround too. is that it's it has to be initiated from the league off. And this, it's Alberto Riveron. Is his name. Oh, yeah, Al Riveron. The, Alberto Riveron. That – Basically, they command center has got to be watching the game the whole time, and if they see something along the lines of like the, the blown pass interference call, or even like you were saying with with um, Brady getting his head lightly grazed and massaged by an arm, that's something to where league office has to stop the play. It doesn't matter if the team has already snapped the ball for the next play or whatever. Stop play and say, "Hey, you need to take a look, another look at this. That pass interference call you missed is actually, you know, that was actually a pass interference call, or that was not roughing the passer on Brady. We really need to look at that. That's the kind of thing where I don't, I don't give a shit. Don't want to listen to fans who would say, "Oh, well, that's how you know the fix is in." Well, I think that's the only way of fairly and objectively doing that because if you put it in the hands of coaches, they'll abuse the shit out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and especially <clears throat> yesterday's call, the the Saints, you know the Miss Saints penalty, or I guess on the Rams. It, that one is just so egregiously bad that if it's that bad, I feel like someone should know. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's the coaches, but there needs to be someone monitoring every game for these egregious calls. Yeah. I don't know what the perfect fix is. I think that challenging all this stuff is good. 
because that's what I think they're moving to, challenging pass interference calls. Pass interference a lot of the time is pretty tricky, and it's usually yeah. involving both both parties. Well, so, so you're you're going to end up wasting more challenges than getting anything right. Right. But it's just these blatant <clears throat> calls that they miss yeah. that need, are the ones that need fixing. There's there is a human aspect to this game, and yeah, you just, know it is what it is. There just needs to be a like common sense. If this is if there's an obvious fuck up, the head office can call down and go, hey, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's call that pass interference and move, move on. on. And that's so. As much as the overtime rules drive me nuts, and I don't sit here going off about it, the overtime thing leaves me with some doubt that the right team is in the Super Bowl for the AFC. Exactly. Because okay, look, the Chiefs could have come out and gone three and out. They absolutely have the possibility to do it. They spent the first half of the game doing that, right? But I have absolutely no doubt that the wrong team of the NFC is in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Not. I mean, without a doubt. That's a you run it all the way down to four seconds and kick a chip shot, and they're in. Yeah, that, yeah. that's the wrong team's in, and it's nothing against the Rams. It actually kind of sucks for the Rams because now they're gonna have this this cloud of indifference over for them. two weeks. For two weeks, and if they win the Super Bowl, there's always gonna be that fan base that's like, "Oh, well, it's tainted." All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a break here from our sponsors, and when we come back, you will hear uh, Mike Miracle's take on on everything that he's been up to since 87 years ago when we stopped recording our podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Mike, he's in the studio. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi, Michael. We're doing good. How are you? Yeah, you I'm okay. Where'd you have dinner at? Uh, Chewy's. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got you get some margaritas. Uh, no. No, no sauce? No, no sauce. Mm. Mm. Did you have the child's chicken nuggets? Yes. <laughs> God, you know me well. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, do you have any big thoughts from uh, this weekend of the AFC and NFC championship games? It sounds like you guys kind of hit on it um, before I jumped in here. Like, oh, we're not done beating it. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> well, you're never Whoa. done beating it, really. Um, Beat all over it. <laughs> Not that kind of effort podcast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would say there needs to be a common sense replay situation. It needs to be fast. It can't be a buzz. It can't be a everybody runs off the field and looks at the Microsoft yeah. Surface tablet. Yeah. And, you know, that whole thing. It's, I mean, just look up at the screen. Yeah. I mean, most of the stuff, when, when you get a call blatantly wrong, the home team is going to put it up there. You yeah. could legitimately, if you had a group of, like 50 fans that were unbiased fans <laughs> yeah. and you just put up a Twitter poll was did Julian Edelman touch that fucking ball or not they would get it right more often than the rest can we I'm, go around I'm, the, I'm can pretty we, convinced can we go around the table real quick and say what we believe happened did, did Julian thing, did Julian Edelman I th- touch the ball? I think he touched it I I think it was a thumb or or I think it was a thumb I think it was enough that it changed the traje- trajectory and the bounce of that ball Okay Mike I don't think he touched the ball, but I don't think they should have overturned the call on the field. I think he didn't touch the ball, and I think that they were correct in overturning the call. Wow, so we're three for three on different. I don't think he touched the ball, and I think the NFL refs are garbage. <laughs> I don't think they should have overturned that call. I agree with Zach that there's not the whole thing is that there has to be enough evidence to overturn it. How was there enough evidence? I mean, it yeah. just didn't seem like there was enough evidence there wasn't a, to me. There that wasn't was enough me evidence. I mean, good God. It was like watching the Sapruder film. I mean, like, yeah. there's no different angle you could look at to see if that football was touched. And we so, were so, watching it. So you're saying that after the after the review happened in slow motion with all the different camera angles that you couldn't tell. And so we're supposed to assume that the ref on the field was like, <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely what? touched in. Well, that's that the problem. Definitely not that's, the problem. that's the problem. That they made that call. And the argument they should have never overturned it. And the argument has to make a call, though. Well, the call is if there's not enough definitive evidence, you're supposed to go with the initial call in the field. And here's your argument. Why? Because that's it's not the, rules. the best call, though. <laughs> that's the rules. <laughs> it's not the best Outside, answer to that, though. But, uh, okay. 
the best answer you got to think about it, the best answer within the parameters of what okay. they've given yeah. us the to judge the game. Rules. Yeah, right. And I will rules. and I will fast forward to this. Was that arm chop to Tom Brady's shoulder a blow to the head? No. Well, that's the way they called it. Yeah. That's yeah, the way the ref saw it. Yep. All right. Within the rules of the game, right. it was no. the wrong call. Yeah. And I will say this. We were at Nashville Spoon and Saloon, and they have a one giant wall TV, mm-hmm. wall display, and it's huge. It's massive. Yeah. And it was me and two guys, uh, friends of the podcast, Michael Jennings and Andy Goldstein, and then we were surrounded by Patriot fans. Okay, there were Patriot fans everywhere. Oh, God, dead, you poor souls. Dead silence when that whole thing was going down, and they couldn't tell. And we're, yeah. we're on a huge TV. Yeah. I mean, we're talking massive, and yeah. we couldn't even tell. Yeah. And they it, couldn't even definitively say as Patriots fans, as blowhards as they are, <laughs> they couldn't even tell if he touched the ball or you not. Know, I guarantee he, you Scott Zolak was up there like, oh, oh sure. he, he didn't touch that shit. I guarantee I saw you <laughs> five feet of five feet from it. Yeah. If he had taken that little Velcro strap on his glove and just put it over, there would be no question here. <laughs> <laughs> Did so, he have them unstrapped? Yes. Oh, so the answer here nasty. is, boys and girls, <laughs> strap up your gloves. And then nothing bad will ever happen. Yeah. To you. Strap up other things too. Yeah. But it, it was a, <laughs> despite despite all this crazy shit that happened, it was probably the best weekend of football. It, it was, was great. It was, no, it was it was wonderful, and you had two huge comebacks. Yeah. You had. Yeah. You I know, thought the Rams were dead in the water. I, I mean, too. I really did, and I thought the Chiefs were, were like, man, Mahomes' head is swimming. They're sending pressure from everywhere. I mean, he was getting sacked like crazy and mm-hmm. and hit. I thought the games were over and they were just going to be runaways both times. And then both times, I mean, two overtimes. Yeah. First time that's ever happened in, in NFL well, history, championship weekend. And while I'm disappointed with how we got the result we got and the teams that are in the Super Bowl, I'm not disappointed in the matchup. No, it'll be fun. Not, not at all. I, I would have been happy with any of those combinations. Yeah. yeah. It, it really did not matter to me who got so, it. So Tom Brady didn't get sacked last game, right? He didn't get sacked the game before either. Yeah. So we're going to see that versus Aaron Donald and his fucking mm, monster God. team of uh, defensive linemen. But here's linemen. the thing. You say that, but he's not going to get sacked in the Super Bowl. Because everybody said that about the Chargers. They have all this great defense, and he's going to get sacked. And Joey Dude, Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Who's the, who's the O-line coach Aaron for the Aaron Donald, though. Is it Aaron Donald. Skarnacki. Yeah, Skarnacki. Yeah, yeah Dante but then, Well, then, then you got Chris Jones and D. Ford and all these guys. Ah, but Aaron it. Donald still I is not the same. I, how caliber. many sacks did Aaron Donald get against the Saints? Uh, I don't think he, he had got, one. I think, I think. He, if he even had one, I would be very surprised because he 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 made mm. a lot of plays. Yeah, and he was disruptive. But I don't remember a sack. But yeah. I mean, I also consumed a lot of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if he did, it would have been one sack or half a sack. I just yeah. I want an Aaron Donald Aaron Donald cartridge cam. I just want I just want the camera mounted somewhere in his helmet facing forward. I don't want any audio except growling. <laughs> I'm assuming that's all the noises he makes when he's running around the outside or God, through the line. That would be great. It's amazing I would to watch, watch look at him on the field lined up against, you know, these fat offensive linemen and, yeah. and even his fellow defensive linemen. He just does not look like a nose tackle or a defensive tackle. Uh, it looks like, hey, what's what's that safety doing down there? Oh yeah. shit, he's strong. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. he just bowled over a guard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's one of my favorite things about the NFL this year. Yeah. Like, just wa- I, every single time the Rams come on, I would just watch him the whole game. I just want a so Donald. Great. I do, literally. It doesn't have to be on it, but I do want just a specific Donald cam, just so like the Super Bowl's here. But I've got another screen over here where it's just following his actions. Now, normally I would be like, I would watch just that for the entire Super Bowl, but I don't want to pass up Tony Romo's first Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be Which great. is going to be orgasmic Romo, for the whole country. He, he was yes. so excited last night. He, he was. was he was yeah. in tip top Tony Romo. Yeah. He was. <laughs> it was wonderful. He I was hope fantastic. he never leaves the booth. I hope not, too. Yeah. yeah. He's, I, he's taking like sports. Like broadcasting to a different level. Yeah. I mean, nobody's done it like he's doing it right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I tweeted out last night that the best quarterback last night was clearly Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say Booger McFarlane's been wonderful this year. Yeah. Uh, so if he's we can probably get Booger McFarlane and Tony Romo in the in the booth together, that'd be awesome. Yeah, Booger McFarlane with that fucking car. It's just a great <laughs> idea. It's like giving the piano man another drink before he leaves the show. <laughs> Let. What's, what was y'all's biggest surprise from the Saints-Rams game besides the bad call? 
Like, what was your big surprise or shock the, the, or big takeaway? That Todd Gurley got benched. That was mine, yeah, too. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, he, he had to be fighting an injury, right? He, Still? Yeah, and it's like knee swelling and stuff, which he's had bad knees before. So, yeah. I've, I, there's no way he's 100% healthy because it just – there's no way you're playing C.J. Anderson under over him under any circumstances. Right. Hey, can we talk about C.J. Anderson? I you, mean – Mike Dolbert, just, do you want to talk about <laughs> C.J. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of do because, you know, I, he, he tweeted out or said something to directed at John Elway yesterday after the game. He says, I guess you shouldn't have cut me or something like that. Uh, or this is how you win, John Elway. And, I mean, he's kind of right. He's been on fire since joining the Rams. And a guy that looks like him should not be running with that kind of fire behind, you know, in him. Let, I mean, let me crazy. say this. Can we officially retire the idea that running backs make a fucking damn bit of difference? It, yeah. I, mean, I think your offensive line makes the biggest difference. It, in, yeah, absolutely. In, as absolutely. far as it, and I know over the summer one of my big things was let's retire the games won in the trenches. Uh, it's back. It's I mean, back. It, 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 if, if, if watching the, the games Titans, one in the trenches too, back with a yeah. vengeance. If watching the Titans offense this year, and then watching all the all the other offenses and the uh, offensive line play matters. Doesn't matter who you really plug back there. If they are an average running back and your offensive line is actually good, they will look like an above average running back. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, hashtag Damian Williams is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Da- Damian, yeah. Will- yeah, Kareem Hunt to Damian Williams, no drop off whatsoever. Uh, Todd Gurley to C.J. Anderson, Lef no drop Bell off. Bell to James Conner, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. every time you do this, the backup comes in and does just as good as the starter, and it's like, well, yeah. shit. I guess we shouldn't have probably paid Todd Gurley sixty million dollars. You know, whoops. Looks like the Steelers were right. <laughs> oh shit. Shit. <laughs> okay, so let let's take yeah. that argument a step further. Do you think this year is the catalyst for teams to step back and say we're never paying a uh, uh, running back, we're never overpaying a running back again? I don't think you should ever pay a running back more than about seven million dollars a year, tops. I think Le'Veon will get paid just because the cap space is there and someone's going to want him. Would you say that to Derrick Henry's face? No, hell no, <laughs> no God. I'd I wouldn't like, say it to Derrick Henry. Give him the all phone. the money. With a hundred mile head start, <laughs> I wouldn't call him from a payphone in Jackson, Tennessee, and talk shit to him and hit the interstate. Yeah, I, but I agree. I used to think that running backs matter. I think you're gonna suck, but I, I don't think they do. I mean, yeah. I'm just convinced at this point if your if your if your offensive line is good and your quarterback is average or marginal, you're gonna get away with not having to pay a, a running back. Like I don't know what the Cowboys are gonna do with Zeke Elliott. I don't know. I mean, we're talking about a, a, a pretty much an all-pro running back, pro- probably, arguably, the best running back in the game. I mean, when you really get down to it, yeah. he's reliable, he's there, he can catch, he can run. But when it comes time to pay this man, I, I don't know what they're going to do, and you could be looking at a Le'Veon Bell situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, so, <laughs> I feel like guys like Kamara belong in a different category because that – that guy was the Saints offense for a long stretch of that he game. Was the, yeah, yeah, he and was that like, yesterday. As I mean, far as catching real. passes, everything, they couldn't stop those little out routes out of the backfield with him. Right. Um, I feel like those guys belong in a different category because they're basically receiver slash running backs yeah, at that Caffrey's, point. Yeah, the And Lev Bell is – he's kind of in that category. I don't think he's as good as Kamara right yeah. now. Um, but I, I feel like those guys are a little bit different. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, running back is just – and I think where, where it comes from is when you're growing up, you're playing youth football, you're playing middle school football, high school football, you're generally your best athletes are running back, you know, or, or your quarterback, one of the two. But so you end up with a surplus of guys that can play running back that are really good athletes at a high level, and I feel like that just trickles up to the top and you've just got – all these running backs are really good. I mean, they they really are. And well, the sure, Patriots there's ones that White. are better than others, but yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, James White. He's another guy like yeah. Kamara. He's kind of a receiver. Yeah, basically. So who's going to be? <laughs> I'm afraid to ask this, but who's going to be the first team that has a running back come up for a big contract and they're like, no, nah, we're well, resetting. The I think market. we just well, the saw Steelers. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Steelers did it, which is crazy. But do you think yeah. that holds? Because I mean, like using Zach's. Uh, example of what do the Cowboys do with Zeke what happens when Zeke's contract comes up and he's expecting hey, what if yeah. 
Derrick Henry Titans, has a, yeah. has a no, December, I know. I, kind of, December kind of month, you know, for the whole season next don't year. Don't throw out Dehember and act like he was going to get away with it. Like, no, it's like farting in an elevator and walking off like nobody smells it. Everyone loves Dehember. We're yeah. moving on from Dehember. Such but a great month. No, that's why I was said. That's why I said I was afraid to ask that because what if the Titans are that team that suddenly have this big running back contract come up that that Henry's agent feels like he's owed, and the team is like. The league is not like that anymore. Well, that, that's the thing. Derrick Henry is a different case than someone like Zeke or Le'Veon Bell because they're, they've proved it. They do it year in, year out. Derrick hasn't really done that yeah. technically. Yeah. I know we all see a different Derrick Henry because we watch every game, so we are probably a little bit higher on him than the rest of the league. But shouldn't him and Zeke come up at the same time for their contracts? Well, Zeke will have his fifth year option, okay. and then so Henry will actually come up first. Yeah. So I mean, um, I don't know if anybody is going to pay. You don't pay double digits millions of dollars for oh, a running no back way. like Henry. I mean, you you really don't unless he does something remarkable next year. You you really don't. It, and the, turn around and look at Zeke. I mean, Zeke's worth. He's really worth more money than what he's going to get paid. And that's the problem with the running back position being that these guys are worth money. Yeah. But the market is so saturated that I just they're wonder, not going to get it. I just wonder if there is a team that will pay him. There there will always be one team, but is it going to be a good team? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There no, is going to be a team that pays for Le'Veon Bell, but it's going to be someone like the Raiders or something like that. I mean, the Colts very well could, but are they really – is that the locker room that's really going to bring in Le'Veon Bell? Do they really need Le'Veon Bell? I mean, they went 10-6. and six. I mean, they got three different running backs. The Texans could be one, and the Texans would be a good spot for Le'Veon Bell. But, yeah. I mean, other than that, you're looking at teams that are going to take the risk because they really have not evaluated – they're going to build around that running back. Yeah, is in my opinion, is what they're going to try to do. And Le'Veon Bell, he's he's got some value as a pass catcher right. too, which makes a difference. And, and I a think, pass blocker. Yeah, and and I think that's part of the thing with Henry. And I know people will get on me about, well, Henry catches he catches it every time it's thrown to him, and I'm that's not what a pass catching back really is. Right. Like, Should be a route running back. Being able yeah. to physically catch a football that's thrown to you with no one around you is great and all, but like. <laughs> Give me some route running ability. Look Give at me what Kam- Kamara did. Yeah, exactly. Just go watch that game. And and even Todd Gurley, I think, I caught a couple of nice passes in traffic. Or James White. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those, that's a different, different level. Yeah. yeah. Duke Johnson. People who are lining up in the slot and running routes. And, and that's not Johnson. to say that, that Henry isn't a good player. He is, he is a good player. And I think the Titans should ride him like hell next year. And I think part of that decision is going to come down to Mariota. If, Mar- if you're paying Mariota, you – can't pay Henry, right. it, but if you're not paying Mariota, maybe you do pay Henry, and you just say, "Hey, we're gonna go back and reset at the quarterback position, and we're gonna draft a QB, yeah. and we're gonna give him this 245 pound running back to hand the ball to 20 times a game." To well, it's also help gonna him. affect their draft value too. These running backs, because I, I find it really odd that everybody's so high on uh, the Alabama running back Jacobs when yeah. we just had Fournette go number four, and he's been an utter disaster. Are you and I've seen people, you know, put him in the top five, top ten, and I'm thinking you, you just Christian McCaffrey, yes, yeah, but he proved that he can that he is a freak. He's a pass catching running back. You don't spend that money on Jacobs. I mean, Jacobs really does have a limited workload when you go back and look at it. He running backs really are second round talents right now. I mean, they're second and third round picks, and yeah. again. That's just going to make the running back market even worse for the future because there are all these low picks that you're paying cheap. Yeah, when you can pick up a Philip Lindsay after the draft with a phone call and a smile, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, why why am I spending a first round pick on anybody? They paid him, right? Allegedly. Oh, okay. I can't That's even get my parents to call me back with a phone call and a smile. <laughs> so Super Bowl, I want to I want to shift back to the Super Bowl for a second because obviously we still have one more NFL game coming up. The Pro Bowl. Uh, <laughs> the one everyone's like been waiting said, for all Like year. I said, we have one more NFL game coming up. <laughs> um, I'll just throw this out there. It's a tired-ass narrative, but i got to ask the, the crowd here. If Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, does he retire? I don't think he does. This guy walked into the locker room this week and said, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think his wallet says it, though? 
Man, did, did you see the video that he posted of him and Gronk yeah, with him and Bad Gronk, Boys? Him, yeah, him and Gronk with the Bad Boys for Life yeah. playing in the background. I kind of love that. I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> I mean, Brady <sighs> is a competitor, and I do not see him retiring after no. this year. And he's going to have McDaniels back. He's going to have yeah. the whole crew back. I mean, he's, he's, besides he's gonna, maybe okay. Gronk. He's going to run it back until he, he falls apart. Yeah. yeah. Well, So speaking of falling apart, does Brady retire before Gronk is disassembled on the field? Yes. No, no. No, Gronk, no, no way. Gronk, Gronk's not going to get disassembled Gronk. anyway. He's, Gronk, will, I guarantee you, if they win the Super Bowl, Gronk's going to retire. I, now, that's the one I'm curious of. I, I think Gronk is just slugging it out so he can retire yeah. if they win a Super Bowl this year. Cause I think he retires either way. He yeah. is like... <laughs> He is a pile of Legos right now. No, he's not even Legos. His Legos fit together pretty well. He's a pile of mega blocks. But that one rat, that sideline catch that he made yeah. was that's just classic Gronk. It was, Every it time was, you no, think it is. Though, it was a great vintage. No, it is. But like Gronk, it, it, he is basically just like at eighty percent blocking now yeah. and catching a few passes a game where he was you know always the red zone threat and he hasn't been that way this year so he, he just doesn't he, have that separation anymore. he doesn't he except moves, the separation like, of his arms he moves like me but he's still really good and big and yeah. catches the ball he moves like thunder. current day Charles Barkley yeah, yeah. but <laughs> the good news is is he has that Charles Barkley body that he can just kind of get in between you and the ball yeah, just gives goes for the box exactly. out. Jumps up, gives you the robo arm to the forehead, and <laughs> moves on down the road. Yeah, the uh, Winter Soldier arm. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is ridiculous. Speaking of that, Jelsey Alex Smith. Uh, you know, he he made it out to a Washington Wizards game or whatever. Oh yeah. Got to look at that picture. Oh. His leg, it, with the braces or uh, the structure that they have assembled on it. Is massive. Full gump. Yeah. Was it, it just like big. was it just like fully extended out to mid court? You know how big the halos are when if you break your neck or whatever? Oh, it yeah. was like that, but on his leg. Jesus. Do you think he starts again? I don't know. That's that's a team that I think if uh we'll get into it way later when it's closer draft season, but that's a team that will seriously consider drafting Kyler Murray in the first round. Mm -hmm. For sure. I, I don't think you can take the risk of hoping that Alex Smith is your long-term solution or even a, a one-year, two-year solution yeah. or riding Colt McCoy, f you know, for half the season when until Alex Smith gets back. It looks bad. I don't think he's going to be back this season. I'd be very, very I surprised. Don't, no. I, I'm like you. you don't I don't think would... they found Josh Johnson to be the long-term answer? <laughs> well, they I mean they may <laughs> have. <laughs> oh, sorry. God. I, I totally – you just ran the ship into the iceberg. Um <laughs> Is there anything else we want to talk about before we close it down? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Super Bowl food real quick. Uh, Mike, okay, what's your what's your go to? What is what do you have to eat at the Super Bowl? Um, it it wasn't always this way, but now it's buffalo chicken dip. Yeah, if I go to a Super Bowl Super Bowl party and there's not buffalo chicken dip, I'm very upset. Is there somebody that has to make the buffalo chicken dip? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, so you don't. You, there's not like a specific person where you're like. If that person doesn't bring their buffalo chicken dip, they could just GTFO. No, no, okay, well, that's good. I will say the my runner up if we're if we're giving two here, the zucchini uh, whatever they are bread sandwiches, oh, those zucchini damn, sandwiches, the, the damn cucumber sandwiches, yeah, that, the bacon ladies, yeah. cucumbers, bud. Those are so good. Yeah, those are very good. Oh yeah, cucumbers. I'm sorry. The, they are wonderful if and you know, highly addictive. If yes. you're about to delete our podcast off your feed because you're thinking these weirdos are eating cucumber sandwiches, <laughs> look them up. They're on rye bread. I got some kind of spread. I don't know what it is. I'm assuming it's crack cocaine. It's and a little slice of cucumber of like up top. Southwest mayo. Or yeah. Something. With some kind of Italian seasoning, I, mm. I can eat uh, like 40 of them. It's, just a, it's little a little bit amazing. spicy. A little bit lay in the floor and make noises. Mm. <laughs> Keith, what, <laughs> what is your, what's your Super Bowl food? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just like chips and salsa. All right, we're moving on from you. Cool. So, Zach, what is your <laughs> what is your Super Bowl? I food? have to go with bacon wrapped jalapenos. See, mm. this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This man over here is talking about yeah. chips and salsa. Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'm there for the football and the commercials. You can have <laughs> chips and salsa watching the Phoenix Waste Management Open this weekend. He's there for and Maroon I will. Five. And I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just here for Maroon yeah, Five and uh, bacon wrapped Boy. jalapenos are where it's at. Or, or just any kind of meatballs in a crock pot. And that's what, like, what I love about the Super Bowl is it's like, it, it is straight up a national holiday. 
Oh, it's, it's the a day national... after needs to be a national holiday. A hundred percent. It really does. I'd elect people on that that platform alone. Yeah, that reminds me. I think I'm taking next Monday off of work for sure because I'm I'm um I'm gonna call in sick in advance. Yeah, I just like I like properly done hot wings. Like yeah. not. I like meaty hot wings, but they need to be crispy on the outside. Yeah, like oh, yeah. they got to be cooked right. Don't don't be coming up here in the no, saucy, no saucy, no saucy, no slop. Nah, yeah, no breading. I want them crisp. I like the, I like that little flap on the drumsticks that kind of raise up. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. just yeah. a good crunch. It's always a good starting position. That is, and it's just crunchy and it's just so good. Fucking a. Do you want to change your pick from chips and salsa? Uh, yes, <laughs> my pick is of course caviar. Because I can't watch a football You're game. Such a fancy caviar. boy. Look at the fancy boy. Over but you there. know what? I, listen, if, if we're gonna go with weird, he's up. Caviar is 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 definitely a weird choice of the Super Bowl. It's very salty, very strange. You want to know it's even weirder? Okay, I eat it on Doritos. <laughs> what I kind? Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's cool ranch. Actually, <laughs> I hate to say that. The thought of a little bit of caviar on a cool ranch Dorito it actually does not sound bad. I, I don't. I'm gonna disagree. That sounds awful. <laughs> Have you had caviar? Yes. It's very salty. Just, just like they're just. I don't know. <laughs> Have you <laughs> had a cool ranch Dorito? They're very salty. <laughs> yeah, but salt on salt. It, oh, so yeah. Let's bring it. <laughs> it's like eating the. Let's it's like this. eating the salt at the bottom of the pretzels bag. Yes. Just, just you may or may not pour it, it in your mouth. Yeah. And you make that face, and then you're like, okay, Teeth start grinding together. Yeah, yeah. I felt my heart stop for just a second, <laughs> but we're good to go now. All right, well, there's your menu for yeah. what to have during the Super Bowl: caviar and Doritos. Caviar and Doritos. Uh, so thanks for listening, efforts. We appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'd like to ask you a small favor: rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. Uh, and uh, yeah. Make sure to visit our sponsors and visit Music City Miracles for all your Titans news and analysis. We are football and other F-words, and you've just been effed. Did you talk about the Twitter? Did you say Twitter? At F-words at, at pod. Yeah. Twitter. At, at, at F-words pod. Oh, uh, should we have made the announcement that we're not calling you Mr. Lebowski anymore? Yeah, we'll okay. figure that out. Yeah. Wait, we're not calling you Mr. Lebowski anymore? Oh. Shut it down. Like oh. Shut it all down. Yeah. Is this a trademark thing? Did Jeffrey Lebowski come after you? (laughs) The Coen Brothers legal team.